Chapter 18 Tell her he is a monster, Clayson sputtered miserably amid the glowing apparatus that supported his life. She knows your opinion already, Rebecca whispered through an edge of her robe. She glanced over her shoulder, where Dyfed waited impatiently. The planeswalker did not deign to cover her lovely features. Sour with irritation, she stood, hips cocked, arms crossed, and lips dubious, to be summoned by the bluestone gem amulet when there was no immediate crisis was galing enough. To be summoned by two folk who had snatched the amulet from its rightful owner, from Yawmoth, that was almost beyond her ability to bear. The constant scuttling of goblins about her, poking and picking, only frayed her already tattered patience. Tell her he has killed the delicates, gabbled Glaceon. He hasn't, Rebecca hissed. He's keeping them hostage somewhere. You're not helping. She turned swiftly toward the planeswalker and dropped the robe away. Forgive our whispers. Glaceon wants to thank you for answering our summons. Dyfed nodded shallowly. Tell her. He has imprisoned the elders, he slurred. Yamoth used his control of the armies to take command of the Empire. He has dissolved the council, has imprisoned the elders of the rebel city-states. If the rebel city-states attack, he might be forced to execute them. What does this have to do with me? Glaceon mumbled. Tell her she must do away with Yamoth. Rebecca shook her head violently. We want to take the elders to safety. There are nearly a hundred of them. Dyfed's brow creased, and she tilted her head. You want me to do what? Turning entirely away from her husband, Rebecca pleaded. I know your power. I've stepped through the blind eternities with you. I know you can simply appear in the internment cave and sweep those hundred elders up in your power and carry them somewhere else where they would be safe. Incredulous, the planeswalker said, I thought you were Yalmoth's friend. You want me to deliver the captured leaders of the rebellion back to the armies? Rebecca frowned in the consternation. No, take them to another world. Take them to one of the Paradise Plains, a place where they could safely live until the danger is past. They would be miserable. Not a one of them could build a lean-to, could start a fire. It would be placing babies in a wolf den. Goblins, interposed Glaceon. Tell her to take some of the goblins from the manor rig. They could build shelters and snare conies. Yamoth will only kill them eventually anyway. Rebecca blinked amazedly at her husband. Glaceon asked that you could take the goblins to the Paradise World. His goblins, who could serve the elders. Dyfed hung her head and laughed. You want me to carry a hundred elders and the goblins to a paradise somewhere? Eyes pleading. Rebecca said, You could do it with a mere thought. It was a small boon to grant the genius of Halcyon, the very man who drew you here. Her eyes grew hard, and her voice dropped to a whisper. Yamoth is my ruler, my friend, perhaps more. This is no betrayal. Only an act of mercy. Only the simple request of an infirm genius, who may himself be dying, but wants others to live. The irate edge was gone from Dyfed's gaze. Pushing past Rebecca, she approached the wheelchair where Glaceon sat. One slender hand descended to touch him, to spread flat across his thyssus ravaged chest. Yes, I will do this for you, Glaceon. I had forgotten who you were, who you are. It is a small favor and I'll do it for you. Without moving a muscle, she was gone from the room. Goblins recoiled from the space where she had been. Rebecca moved toward the wheeled chair, reflexively drawing upon the robe to cover her mouth and nose. You've done a good thing today, husband. You've saved many lives. He turned his face away from her, as though her words had been a slap. What is it? That damn cloak over your mouth. Dyfed did not cover her mouth. 
She touched me. She's a planeswalker. And you're immune. He still did not look at her. What if I'm not? Daily you touch the temple power stones. You could catch the disease from them as easily as from me. Slowly lowering the edge of the cloak, Rebecca approached the chair. You think I'm repulsive. A look of dread flashed across her face. No, I find the disease repulsive. I am the disease. That's all I am anymore. Rebecca reached her bare hand out just as Dyfed had. She said it, trembling on the scabbard skin of Glaceon's chest. Closing her eyes and swallowing, she left her hand there. Only then would he turn to look at her. You're in love with him. He's fooled even you. You're only waiting for me to die so that you could be with him. No! Rebecca said, withdrawing her hand. She stared, revulsion and love warring in her. With a swift motion, she bent and wrapped him in a strong embrace. No, husband. We are soulmates. It's just the illness, and the war, and the upheaval. No, he hasn't fooled me. He will cure you. That's why I believe in him. Because he will cure you. He will cure all of us. And you and I will dance together in the Thran Temple when this bloody business is done. What's this? Came in Paris shot at the door. Yamoth strode across the floor toward Glaceon and Rebecca. She did not let her husband go. She clung to him as though knowing this would be their final embrace. Yamoth wrapped a powerful arm around her and yanked back. He couldn't budge her. He growled and pulled harder. His free hand peeled her fingers away from Glaceon's back. Tore skin bled through the gown he wore. Let go. You're infecting yourself. You're killing yourself, Yamoth shouted. No! Leave me alone! He tore her other hand loose, and black pus oozed beneath her fingernails. Look what you've done to yourself, Glaceon rowed, groaning in despair and agony. Look what you've done to your husband. Let go of me, Rebecca shouted, thrashing against his grip. Yamoth ignored her struggles. He dragged her from Glaceon's room, even as her husband shouted slurred epithets behind them. Though his arms were steel bands, Yamoth's voice was silken. It's all been too much, I know. You've been brave these many years. You watched as every method has failed to heal him. You still love him, even ravaged as he is. Let me go! But think of Glaceon. He doesn't want to jeopardize you. He doesn't want you to suffer as he is suffering. Yamoth finally kicked back the door to his laboratory and dragged Rebecca within. He hauled her past tables and implement racks to a cabinet where the serums were stocked. He flung back to the door of the cabinets, fetched a bottle of alcohol, and pulled the cork with his teeth. Glaceon doesn't want anything to happen to you, and neither do I. He poured the stinging stuff liberally over her hands, arms, and chest. This will kill all the contagion that might have gotten onto you. Damn you! Damn you, Yawmoth! Shh! 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 He urged. She was drenched, from fingertip to fingertip. Yawmoth snatched up a jar of serum and a jar of something else. One-handed, he drew the mixtures into a needle bladder, wrestled its unhappy captive around to face him, and injected the solution into her arm. She clawed his chest for a moment before slumping into his arms. Shh, shh, shh. That will help your body fight off any infection that might have gotten into your blood. It is all right. You'll be safe now. You won't get sick. I won't let you get sick. Voice raw from screaming, Rebecca said, Why don't you cure him? Why doesn't your serum work for my husband? In a desolated tone, Yamoth said, I don't know.
I honestly don't know. From the beginning, his case has been different. You've made it different. You don't want him to recover. Oh, I do, Rebecca. Yama Seed. I do. I need him to be well. I need him to be able to fight me for your hand. I will not steal the wife of an invalid. Rebecca pushed away from him and stared bleakly into his eyes. Don't do this. Don't toy with me. I've been through too much. I know. You've been through too much. You kept a vigil for seven years. I thought I was doing a kindness to let him remain here. But he is always just out of reach. That is no kindness. The health corps will see to him now. They will take him to the quarantine caves. They have new, aggressive treatments. Far better than these goblins and contraptions. They will cure for him. They will heal him. I promise you that, Rebecca. And I've never broken my promises. You will heal him? A fragile light lit her eyes. Tell me you will heal him. I will heal him, Rebecca. I promise. The elders were none too happy. They had been carried into paradise. But it was not their paradise. Salvation is a relative thing. One would have thought that anywhere would have been better than where they had been. Entombed alive in a dark cavern for three weeks. A trickling spring that ran along its base provided water for drinking, washing, and waste removal, such as it was. Clumps of faintly glowing mushrooms and the blind cave crickets that sometimes appeared silhouette on the mushrooms were the main source of sustenance. Worse than all was the knowledge that Yawmoth had sealed them in there. The weight of his disapproval was as vast and inescapable as the mile of rock between them and the air of the upper world. Compared to that place, this green and verdant land should have been paradise. Tall forests, broad plains, lush rivers. The land was bountiful and virgin. It was a whole world for them to explore. A pleasant place to wait at the war. Paradise, except for one fact. Wilderness. The most important figures in the Thran Empire were reduced to squalid pioneers. They huddled together in filthy robes, worn to tatters in the last weeks. They were worse dressed, thinner, and more craven than the manor rig goblins that circulated among them. Could they have conveyed us to anywhere on Dominaria? rallied Eldest Jameth. But you choose to bring us here. I could have left you to rot in the cave, Death had pointed out flatly. And this is only temporary. Only until the war is done and there's no more threat to you. And you are no more threat to the Empire. We demand you return us to our nation, the eldest said. You demand nothing, snapped Dyfed. For the first time, this is your nation. You can't tell from here, but we're on top of an inverted mountain. Just like your extrusion. It'll keep you safe from natives, and they from you. These goblins will help you. Treat them well. They will have a much better sense than you, of which plants are poisonous and which carnivores are dangerous. They will build shelters for you. Gather food. Serve as your personal servants, and all of it because Glaceon asked them to. Make yourselves at home. I will fetch you when the war is done. She turned from them, preparing to depart. Wait! Eldest Jameth called out. At least tell us the name of this place. Call it what you want, the planeswalker simply said. Just before winking from existence, she added, The natives of this world call it Mercadia. It had been a hellish descent. The riders had destroyed Dungus's elevator. Glaceon descended the old-fashioned way, borne down the switchback path by passel of goblins. Before and behind his pallet, health corps workers marched with swords and lanterns. Twice the bellows ceased their work, and the crew lowered Glaceon to the path to effect repair. 
Each time, he felt unconscious before the mechanism could be repaired. Each time, he awoke to tempered lantern line on jagged cave stone overhead. At last, the descent was done. The path leveled and widened. Cold cave air gave over to the warm, stale scent of human breath in confined spaces. Led by the health corps, the goblins proceeded down a winding passage, past a series of side caves, and to the quarantine caves at the base. They shuffled beneath the archway and into a broad cavern. Glaceon had expected the stench of rotting flesh. What he smelled was somehow worse. The harsh stink of cleansers. The quarantine cave had been transformed since Yalmoth's ascendance. Lanterns glowed throughout the vast chamber. Its walls and floors scrubbed and polished until all filth was removed. The old shelves had been torn down, replaced by orderly stacks of whitewashed cells. They seemed almost white coffins, in which the ill could reside in complete isolation from power stone radiation and cross-contamination. Each sarcophagus had a number, each a set of charts. White garbed and masked health corps workers moved on the catwalks among the racks of coffins. Previously, the patients had been plague victims in quarantine. Now they were test subjects. The cleanness, the privacy, the attentive healers. These changes were not meant to assure comfort or decency or healing. They were meant to assure reliable results. The goblins carried the pallet to the center of the complex. A white-suited man waited for a new set of charts. Hello, Glaceon. Welcome to the quarantine caves of Halcyon. I received your write-up this morning. I prepared an especially large healing capsule to accommodate your apparatuses. Lolling weakly on the pallet, Glaceon barely managed to bring his head around to see the man who spoke to him. Not you, he gabbled. Not Gix.